This week, today, we're going to talk about how a life-giving church is a global church. It's a global church. Think about that. That at this moment, and not just this moment, but, you know, whenever, you know, the morning service on Sunday or whenever they have church or churches all over the world, people are worshiping Jesus and lifting up his name. And you're a part of that. And you might be a part of this local assembly of, of believers, this, this local church called Mosaic. But you are a part of the big C church around the world. People that call themselves Christ followers. And so a life-giving church is a global church. And we give life when we are faithful to God's word and our generosity and our lifestyle and our mission. And so it's that mission that we're going to talk about today. Let's read one more time our theme verse for this series, Acts 20, 24. Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Man, that's a, in a nutshell, that I'm filled with life when I give my life away, that my life is really meaningful when I, when I realize that it means nothing if it's not full of the good news, if it's not full of the purposes that God has given me to spread this message. And so our mission here at Mosaic Church is, is the same mission as, as, as the church of Jesus Christ around the world. And it's to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. It's to fulfill that great commission that Jesus has given us to go and tell, to make disciples, to teach them everything that God has commanded us to do. It's our mission and that's, that's pretty simple, right? To lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. But I know, and you know, that while the mission can be simple in words and it can be simple in explanation, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense, it's not all, always that easy to put flesh to. But here's what I wanna challenge you with as we talk about missions this morning. When you give God a chance, when you give God a chance, he'll break your heart for what breaks his. Most of the time, we don't slow down long enough for God to do that. Most of the time, we have our eyes on just what's in front of us, our lives, our finances, our needs, our stuff, our schedules, our, you name it. And I am with you in that. So much of the time, I'm just consumed with the tasks that are before me. But when we slow down, God will break your heart for what breaks his because it's one thing to know the mission it's one thing to know that we're supposed to lead others to become fully devoted followers of christ it's another thing to get our hearts in that place where we really see our life as worth nothing unless we use it for finishing the work that god has given us but when you give god a chance and that's what i i pray that you will do today through this talk Give God a chance and he'll break your heart for what breaks his. Man, I remember one specific time this happened to me. I was coming out of college. I was actually, I was headed into my senior year of college. And so the, the finish line was in view. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And after being in school for, you know, all of my, the life as I could remember it, I could not wait to get out, right? 
Senior year hadn't even started yet, and I had a, a case of senioritis, and, and I was excited about what God wanted me to do. And at that point in my life, I knew that God wanted me to be in, in full-time ministry. I felt convinced that he wanted me to be in missions, global missions work overseas in another country. But I, at the same time, I had no idea where he wanted me to go. And so I went to a conference that summer with my parents and, and with churches all over the United States. They all convened in one place. And, and I was at a, a banquet, a dinner, where they were talking about global missions efforts. And the leader for the, the, the region of Europe got up and talked. Now, most of the time when you think missionaries and missions, you know, you're thinking about going to, you know, uh, the Amazon jungle or, or you're thinking about going to the Middle East or China or Africa. And you're thinking about these places that maybe no one wants to go or these places that are unreached. And so Europe really wasn't on my mind. But the, the, the regional director for Europe got up and he talked about the need for missionaries in Southeastern Europe. Now, this was 2001 or so. And if you remember, you know, when I was a teenager back then, there was, there was war in Kosovo and Serbia and the, in, in that region. And so after that, and after the wall had fell the, uh, in, in Berlin in 1989, and, and after all that, man, there had just been a lot of tough stuff that had gone on in Southeastern Europe. And for whatever reason, our movement, the Assemblies of God, didn't have many missionaries in that region. And so he just went through the list of countries that had no missionaries in that region of the world. And when he shared the need for missionaries in that region of the world, something broke inside of me. And was I special? No. But I had set apart time to hear about the mission that, that, that God is at work in all over the world. And when I did that, when I, God gave, when I gave God a chance, he broke my heart for what broke her, his. And what breaks God's heart is when people don't know his message. Man, I can imagine that that would break my heart too if I sent my one and only son to die in your place and in mine. And then there were people that had no idea, right? And so my heart broke for that mission. And, and, and at that time, my life shifted and, and I graduated from school and I was on a one-way track to Southeastern Europe, spent three years there in Bulgaria, having the time of my life serving Jesus in that region of the world. At other times, I took missions trips to the Philippines. I spent a whole summer there at one time. I was actually born there. My, my parents were missionaries there. I spent time in, in, this, in ministering in, this, in Skid Row in Los Angeles. Man, that's an eye-opener. I spent time in Mexico, on the streets of Mexico, doing kids' ministry. I went to India to visit my fiance, but got to do some ministry there and see a little bit about what, what ministry and life is like in India. And the, the constant confirmation as I visited these different places and, and, and all the other places that I've been around the world is that the church is alive around the globe and that God is doing things. He's not just working in our church here in Milford. He's not just doing things that right here in front of our own eyes, he's working all over the place. And it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what your culture is. God is on the move. And when you give him a chance, he'll break your heart for what breaks your, his. And so missions is not just something that's global. 
It's immediate, it's here, it's now, it's local, it's regional, it's global. And so let's talk this morning about the church and how we interact in missions. How we interact in the mission that God has given us to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so the first thing that we see, and it's in your notes, if you want to grab that half sheet or you want to open up your app and uh, the Mosaic Church app, the notes are there as well. But the first thing that we learn from God's word is that the church is a mission, right? We don't just do missions. We don't just go on missions trips. We don't just send out missionaries. We don't just send money. We are a mission. The church is a mission. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see something really interesting. The Corinthian church is divided. They're they're arguing and some of them are saying that they follow Paul and some of them are saying they follow Apollos, which is another preacher. And so the two preachers, two people sharing the good news of Christ and these people are arguing about who they're following. And so Paul kind of brings things into focus and kind kind of brings a word of correction to the Corinthian church. And he says this in verse five. He says, after all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Man, if you don't think the church is a mission, if you don't think that what we do here is missions, man, let that speak to your heart. Paul is just saying, hey, we just did what God had put in our hands. That is missions, church. You do what God has put before you. You do what he has given you. So each of us did the work that God had gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. And so it doesn't matter if you're doing the work of the Lord here on American soil. It doesn't matter if if you're in another country. It's the same God. It's the same spirit. It's the same Jesus that is working in hearts and changing in lives. And he is the one that makes the difference. And our part as the church of Jesus Christ is to do the work that God has given us. The Corinthian church was getting corrected by Paul because they had their focus on the wrong things. Divisions, who they liked better. They weren't staying on mission. They were getting caught up in peripherals. Man, in my view, they were, they were falling into the sin of preference, right? Now, you may have heard us say here at Mosaic Church multiple times that life's too short not to enjoy church. And I really believe that if, if you're dying on the vine and, and this isn't the church for you, man, I love you way too much than to say, hey, you just need to gut it out. You know, hey, get somewhere where you can really get behind the vision and, and, and the, the leadership and, and, and you can enjoy doing life with the body of Christ. It's okay if this isn't that place for you. There's a lot of churches that love Jesus and are, are doing God's mission. And so life is too short not to enjoy church. But... At some point, you got to put down some roots and serve. 
At some point, you got to get over preferences. You got to get over just, just petty differences because that's, that's really what the Corinthian church was getting caught up in. They were like, well, I like this guy better and I like this guy better. And you know, we like doing things like this and we like doing things like that. And Paul was like, hold up. Paul and Apollos, we're just workers for Christ. We're both doing the same work. And so while there is a place for saying, hey, I identify with this body of Christ and I, I, I want to engage here and do the work, man, sometimes we just need a dose of reality that we're all doing God's work. Man, if it's a Bible-believing Christ following church that puts scripture first and and believes in Christ. Hey, we need to be championing them and supporting them and and knowing we're on the same team. And so sometimes we get caught in these peripherals and 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 we we elevate certain ministries above others or we even elevate some some preachers above others and oh that man they're really anointed or are there oh and it's like seriously Paul's like, just do your work. Just do what God has put in your hands. Just just be faithful with what you're given because you're not responsible with somebody else's work. You're responsible for yours. And Paul was trying to get through to the Corinthians. Hey, it's not I and it's not Apollos and it's not anybody. It's God who makes these seeds grow. Our responsibility is to plant the seeds. Why? Because the church is a mission. And if each of us did the work that the Lord gave us, it would flesh out that way in our lives. I want to just tell you right off the bat that there is no separation between local church, between the mission of the local church and global missions. It's all the mission. There's no separation. If you serve on Sundays or you serve in the kids area or you serve in the youth group or or you serve as a life group leader or you bring snacks to life group. Or if you give to missions, or if you go on a missions trip, there's no tears. There's no, there's no ministries that are more special than the others. There's no people that are, are, are somehow greater in touch with God than the others. No, there's just people that are obedient to following Christ. And that's all of us. You know, you've heard us say many times that, that Mosaic Church is, a, we want to strive to be a three chair church. We want to be a church that, that, that has three chairs represented. We want unbelievers in our church. Why? Because we want to tell them about Jesus. We want new believers in our church because that means that people are finding Christ. We want mature believers in our church because that means that there's somebody to lead and there's somebody that, to, to be an example and there's somebody to help us grow. And so the very structure and strategy of how we do ministry must be missional. It must be on point and centered around our vision and our mission. But even with that, even with a great strategy and structure and what I feel like we have here at Mosaic, sometimes Christians struggle with feeling like they're not doing enough. Sometimes we just want to attend church and, and not do much. You know, we feel like we're in just a really tough season and we just, we just want to come to church, Right? And I would just say that, hey, this is a great tension to manage. It's not a problem to be solved. That all of your life, you're going to see needs that you can't meet. Why? Because Jesus didn't create you to meet all the needs. He created you to meet the needs that he puts in front of you. Right? 
But this is a great tension to manage. We're probably never gonna solve this problem. There's always gonna be more needs than we have the ability or resources to meet. But sometimes we don't see incredibly important and crucial things as important. And we see other things as, you know, other things like as big things. And I just don't think that's the way we should look at it. We should see the church as a mission. Whether you're serving in the nursery or youth or, or wherever you're serving, you are on mission and serving the kingdom of God. We are a seed planting operation. We're a life saving station. We're a hospital where people come to get, to get healed by the spirit of God. We're a greenhouse for leaders. We're growing them up and send them out, sending them out and, and no one belongs to us. We're a part of the kingdom of God. The mission that God has given us is not an event. It's not a trip or a project. It's our lives. The church is a mission. And this is why I believe that Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, he said, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only the gospel of God, we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too, right? The church is a mission. We are Christ's ambassadors. And so it starts here and now with each of us doing the work that the Lord has given us. Number two, what does missions look like if we're going to be a, a global church? It means that the church is on mission in our community. We're on mission in our community. I want to read a passage to you that just illustrates the urgency for this. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus shares a story. He said, and, it's this, and like he does many times, this is a story that illustrates the kingdom of God. And he says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Isn't that funny? The servant returned and just, and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Now, let me just point out a couple things in this passage. First of all, okay, the man had prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. These people had accepted the invitation, but when the day for the banquet had come, everybody started to make excuses. How apropos is that in our life sometimes? That we say, God, I want to follow you with all my heart. I want to do what you call me to do. But when the work is set before us, we've got something better to do. Now, I'm not picking on you. I've been there a time or a thousand. That sometimes I just don't feel like it. Sometimes I'd rather do what I want to do. Sometimes I just don't have the energy. Sometimes, you know, I feel like there's something that is, is pushing out God's work on my calendar. And so, you know, I've been there. But Jesus is basically saying, hey, 
We got to get out there. We've got to get where the people are. We've got to invite them in. We've got to do whatever it takes because what God has done for us is worth it. This banquet that he's prepared, the links that he has went went to to have a relationship with you and me, man, it is worth it to get out there and to gather people and to get them to Jesus's feet. And so we need to be going out into our community with the same urgency and the same mindset. You might say, Joe, I just don't know what the needs are. I don't know what our community needs. I don't know what the local needs are. I don't even know where to look. Let me give you some options. You know what I think our community needs more than anything else? Our community needs people doing their absolute best to follow Jesus humbly. Humbly. With a servant's heart, open hands, no strings attached way more concerned about being servant leaders than just getting somebody on our page, giving the love and the grace of God with no strings attached. That's what our community needs. There are so many people in our community addicted, so many people with broken families, so many people with just just insurmountable uh, things going on in their life that you don't need an organization to help somebody. Go across the street, find a neighbor, find a kid on your kid's bus that, that is hungry. Start loving on them, invite them to church, bring them to church, invite them over to your house, spend time with them. You don't have to go far because when you got, give God a chance, he's gonna break your heart for what breaks his. The community needs leaders in the marketplace. Man, I love it when people start serving here at church. But you know what I love more as a pastor? When people start leading at their job and in the marketplace. Leading by example. Making hard decisions to follow Christ. Taking a stand for what God would take a stand for. In a humble and kind and respectful way. Building influence for the kingdom of God. You know what? Students in our community need godly examples. Dads. Students in our community need to see dads that are so in love with Jesus that it's making a difference in their life. Students in our, in our community need to see families that are together and loving God and putting him first. So you say, Joe, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to go out. Hey, how about you start by, by being a great you? Be a great you. Our community needs model parents that show what it looks like to have a healthy family, that show what it looks like to put God first. Man, there's some guys in our church I know that do big brother and, and big, uh, you know, big brother, big sister programs that are mentoring. Man, how cool is that? Go do it. Find somebody that needs a mentor, that needs somebody to be in their life. Our youth group is full of people that just needs people to speak life into them. Our kids program is full of people that needs people to speak life into them. There's local ministries like, like Care Portal and, and, and our, uh, our Kyalpha ministry leaders that you see that need prayer and support. There's, there's, there's homeless ministries down in downtown Cincinnati like Bridge the Gap. There's, there's Milford Miami ministries right here in our community. All kinds of different ways that you can be a part and, and meet needs. 
You know what I see though, as a pastor? A lot of times we just don't have the urgency. We just don't have the get up and go. And I believe that this passage in Luke 14 is a great challenge for us to be on mission in our community, doing everything we can so that we can by, by all possible means win some, just like we talked about last week. Number three, how else does, the, does it, do, do we become a life-giving church that, that is a global church? We remember that the church is on a mission in our world, in our world. Acts 1.8, Jesus is headed out. He's going back to heaven. He's about to ascend into heaven after the resurrection. And he looks at his disciples and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people everywhere about me. In Jerusalem, that's where they were, right? So it started locally. Throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's looking at his disciples and he says, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Now, did all the disciples go everywhere? No, some of them stayed in Jerusalem. Some of them like James didn't even make it out of Jerusalem before he was martyred for his faith. But some of them went all over the world. And that's the same for you and for me. Some of you, man, you will be in this community for the rest of your life. And some of you, maybe, just maybe, God begins to break your heart for what breaks his. And there's something in this world that God calls you to that takes you to the ends of the earth. Why do we do this? Romans 10, 13 through 15. Paul said, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How many of you take, have taken advantage of that and you're so happy? You're so blessed. You're so full of thanks to a, to a God in heaven who loves you so much that, man, all you had to do was call on his name and put your faith and trust in him and he saved you and changed you and transformed you. Amen? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. And then in Matthew 24, 14, we see another allusion to this by Jesus as he's telling the disciples basically about the end of the times and what, what's going to happen. And Jesus says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Man, people think all the time, oh, what's going to happen at the end and how's it going to come and what, how do we know? Guess what? We tell people about Jesus. We become so obsessed and singular focused with the fact that the world needs Jesus and we were put here to be God's witnesses and to tell every last soul on this planet that Jesus loves them, has a plan for their life, died on the cross for them, he rose again, the good news, that we can have a new life in him, and then 
the end will come, plain as day. And so the church is on a mission. We are a mission right here, right now, this morning. This is a mission. We're on a mission in our community. We're on a mission globally. We're a part of the global church. Why? Because Jesus said we're going to be his witnesses. We're going to go to the ends of the earth. Because Jesus said we have to tell them. Because if we don't, who will? And this is a part of what has to happen before Jesus comes back again. So we have this global perspective. Why? Because it keeps us humble. It keeps us outwardly focused. It keeps us from being selfish with our lives. Why? Because it helps us get on board with what God is blessing and doing around the world. Because Jesus said, man, you're blessed when you give to those that can't repay you. And so, hey, we're going to bless our community, but we're going to bless people on the other side of the planet, on the other side of the planet that can't ever repay us. Why? Because it's what Jesus said to do. We're going to be a part of church planting efforts around the world. Man, uh, one, of the, one of the guys that made a bigger impact on my life than anybody else, his name is Ray Kalusai in Rojas City, Philippines. And because of his church, hundreds and hundreds of churches were planted in the Philippines. Why? Because his church right there in Rojas City said, we're going to make a difference. And so you know what they would do in the summer? They would do these programs called Summer of Service and people, normal people with normal jobs from their church would say, hey, I care about the gospel of Jesus Christ so much that I'm willing to leave my job, leave everything and go to another town and plant a church. And they would send a team with those people to another town. They would plant the church in two weeks and that person would stay there and live there and, and fulfill this mission to plant churches. And because of that, over, over a 20-year period, the number of churches in the Philippines went from like 500 to over 3,000. Why? Because somebody said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Man, we're going to be a part of training leaders both here locally and we want to be a part of leadership training efforts around the world. That's why I love that video that we saw, saw earlier about Convoy. Because they're training leaders to make a difference training leaders. We're going to be a part of compassion efforts around the world. We're going to be a part of supporting missionaries around the globe. But I don't know about you, but it's easy to look around and be like, man, there's so many options. And so what do we do? And so I want to give you some really clear handles right now. And how do we be a global church? First thing that you got to do is do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. Don't get paralyzed with how much there is to do. Just start doing something for someone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. What did Paul say? He said, the one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose. And so when everybody in God's kingdom and in God's church does something, a whole lot of work gets done. There are no lesser jobs in the kingdom. And so find somebody that needs Jesus and start working on him and telling them, and sharing God's message. Find somebody that needs a mentor and start mentoring them and making a difference in their life. Man, one of the most impactful things in our family that, that, um, that we love is we support a Compassion International child in, in uh, Bangladesh. His name is Ajit. We've been supporting him for over a decade. And so we get letters from him and we send him letters and it's like, man, we can't do this for everybody, but we can do it for Ajit. 
we can do it for him. Do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. Tell somebody, serve somebody, help somebody. The, sex, the second thing that you could do is have this attitude that Isaiah exemplified in the scriptures that just says, here I am, God, send me. Whether it's to your school or to your work or to your own family, have this attitude that God, I'm here and I wanna be used by you. We all as the, as the body of Christ have to have this same attitude. What did Romans say? How will they know? How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? How, do we, how will they know if somebody doesn't tell them? And so because of that verse, we all have to have this attitude. God, send me. God, don't just send the pastor. God, don't just send the missionaries. Send me. Church, if you give him a chance, he'll break your heart for what breaks his. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to send you to your sphere of influence. I also know that there could be people in this room that God may want to send to another hemisphere. It happens when you give God a chance and you say, God, here I am, send me. And then the last thing that you can do is you can give, you can pray, or you can go. You can do all three, but for sure you can do at least one of those, right? You can give locally through your tithes and your offerings to the work of God here at Mosaic Church. You can, you can make a missions pledge. I got some cards in your seat and some of you are like, man, Joe, I love one day to feed the world. I love giving my, my one day's wages, but man, I feel like there's something building in my spirit that God just wants me to do a little more. You say, Joe, I tithe, I give, but hey, what, what else can I do? We support six or seven missionaries and, and we give to missions causes. Maybe if you come on Mother's Day and on Father's Day, you know, we're sending money to Project Rescue or to you know, Convoy of Hope or these other organizations. Hey, make a missions pledge above and beyond your tithe. You know, there's a card in your seat. You can do that today. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. And if God's leading you to do more, do that. And you can set it up as a recurring gift online through our online giving, but that will allow us to give more to our missionaries and to have more margin to do things for people that can't repay us. Just like Jesus said, you can give to one day to feed the world next week. You can pray. You can pray for your friends before you tell them about Jesus. Man, if we're going to be people that are part of the global church, we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters around the world that, that, are, that are leading churches and, and doing their best to lead others to Christ. We created something new that I'm excited to share with you today. On our website, if you go to mosaicsincinnati.com and go to the About uh, drop-down, there'll be a missions spot. Click that, and on that page, you can access information about all the missionaries that we support monthly and the ministries that we partner with, uh, whether through action or financially, um, you know, here at Mosaic Church. And so when we bring on new missionaries, hey, we'll add them to that page. Why? Not just for information, not just so you can know where, where your money's going, but so you can pray so that you can look at those people's faces and, and, and go through the links and find out where they're working and, and what they're doing and pray specifically about what God is doing in and through their life. I encourage you to do that.
because we can all pray. For a while now in our weekly newsletter, um, and if you, if you want that, just shoot us an email at info at mosaicsincinnati.com. We'll get to you that newsletter every week. But every month we have a different missions focus where we put one of our missionaries and, and sometimes we do interviews with them. And so uh, right now there's an interview in that newsletter with uh, Bill and Lena Schrader in Peru. Hey, listen to it so you can know how to pray. And then the last thing is you can go. You can give, you can pray, or you can go. How do you go? You could get in a life group and do a service project. You could go on a missions trip. Guess what? This next May into June, it's, it's gonna be like eight or nine days. Um, we, we put on the calendar a missions trip to Bulgaria, where I used to be. And we're going with Convoy of Hope. And so if you're interested in that, shoot us an email at info at mosaicsincinnati.com. We'll get you the information, you know, so that, so that you know the particulars and, and we'll have more information coming out about it. But hey, you can go. You can go on a short-term trip to see what God is doing around the world because when you give God a chance, he'll break your heart for what breaks his. And so you could go on a trip. You could, um, you could think and pray about giving your life to missions work. I know that for some of you, there's like no way. And for a lot of you, yeah, it's like no way. It's, it's probably not gonna happen. But for some of you, it could. It might be. Give God a chance. Ask God, what do you want me to do? Say all this to say this, church. God's given us a mission. He wants us to be a life-giving church that doesn't just bring life to our community, but is a part of the global church and helps give life to churches and ministries and, and, and initiatives around the globe. And I want to be a part of it. And I believe that God wants us as a church to be a part of it. And so what's your role? If you could bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Joe, hearing you get all passionate about what God is doing around the world, well, God's just starting to work in my life. And maybe you're thinking that, hey, it, you've maybe been coming for a while and it's time for you personally to give your life to Christ. And if that's you, you can do that right now. It's not complicated. It's simply saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me on the cross. You rose again on the third day. I wanna trust you with my life and follow you from this day forward. I'm gonna turn my back on my old life and I'm gonna step into a new life with Christ. And if that's you today and you wanna do that, raise your hand. Say, that's me, Joe. I wanna follow Christ today. I wanna to put my faith and my hope and my trust in him. This is why we're here as a church, to lead people to the foot of the cross. Is that you? Amen. Maybe you're here today and you say, Joe, one of those three things, give, pray, or go, has my name on it. And I wanna make a commitment to be a part of a life-giving church that is a global church. And so as I pray a closing prayer today, you say, Joe, that's me. I wanna be a part of this in some way. And I'm gonna to commit to either giving, going, or praying. If that's you, just raise your hand as I make a closing prayer. God, I thank you for your church and what you're doing in it. God, I thank you for the mission that you've given us. I thank you that, man, we wouldn't be here if somebody didn't tell us about you. And so we want to be faithful to keep telling others and to keep going and to keep spreading your message. 
And so help us in Jesus' name to be a life-giving church who is giving, going, and praying in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you just lead every single one of us to make our next step in this area, whatever it might be, and to help us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.